Good morning. I'm so thankful and grateful to be here this morning. I've seen some of the faces I've seen for a long time. How are you? Huh? Well, we continue with our series on, uh, on the book of Colossians. You know, we have learned that Christ is sufficient. There's nothing else to add for our salvation. But we have learned to, uh, also through the series that we have put off the old self. And we have put on the new self. Therefore, God expects you and I to reflect that character that Christ lives in our hearts. Therefore, everything we do should be for the glory of God. In essence, we are Christ's ambassadors. What's an ambassador? Well, an ambassador is a representative of a country in a different country. And ambassadors are taught in di diplomacy and relationships. So they can maintain the peace. You think about it. Jesus returned to the heavenly home. And he said that we are citizens of heaven. Therefore, we are in a foreign country. And we are his ambassadors. And we should represent him being an extension of his love, of his grace, of his forgiveness. That old nature of being resentful, unforgiving, you know what? Doesn't go with you and me anymore. That's being crucified with Christ. We are a new creation. You know, uh, I remember when I came to Christ many years ago, 1993. <laughs> Long time ago. Uh, you know, uh, I had a lot of issues with my character. I trusted Jesus as Lord and Savior, but my character was not there yet in many areas. And I'm still, I'm still growing. Um, but I remember I was not a very good boss. <laughs> I was, you didn't want to work for me in those days. No, you don't want to work for me. Because, you know, I didn't treat my employees right. And I feel pretty bad that right now. And I'm thankful that, you know, through the process as I started growing in my faith, God started revealing me, you know, Ricardo, that doesn't go with you anymore. You crucified that old nature. You need to change. And the Holy Spirit started processing me <laughs> and making a change in my heart. And I'm... I'm Confessing, I still have a lot of things to grow. and every, Everybody does. But I'm not the same person. You can work for me now. <laughs> I'm nice now. <laughs> I'm not the same boss I used to be many years ago. Oh, my goodness. Uh, what about you? Where you are and you walk with Christ. Maybe you just trusted Jesus as Lord and Savior recently. And we, it's understandable. Your character might not be yet there. But as you start renewing your mind, reading God's word, you're going to start a process of change. So how does it look like being a representative of Christ, being an ambassador of Christ in our relationships with our spouses? How does that look like in a relationship with our children? How does it look like in our 
what place? What, is, what are God's expectations of us? And those different types of relationships. We're going to talk about that. And we're also going to talk about that there is uh, an outcome. If uh, we are good ambassadors, we're going to be rewarded. And I'm not talking about salvation. Salvation is by faith alone. But there is rewards if we are faithful servants. And we're also going to talk about that the unbeliever also is going to be judged. And the result is very different from the believer. So, let's open God's word. And Colossians chapter 3, it started verse 18. And our sermon point of today is the following. My relationships with others should increase who I represent and serve, Jesus Christ. So our relationships, work, spouses, children should increase who I represent and serve, Jesus Christ. Correct? All right. We're going to start with then with verse 18. And it says the following. Wives, submit to your husbands as it is fitting to the Lord. And I see some man doing like this, you know, do you hear that? <laughs> well, I mean, this is a mutual agreement between the husband and wife. And it's following the uh, example of Christ and the church. You think about that. Can we go to the next verse where it says, and now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to everything to their husbands. Now, that takes some responsibility, you think about it. Because if Christ is the head of the church, right, he also is the priest of the church, right? Well, there's some expectations then for you husbands. God expects you to be the priest of the home. And that's some responsibility, right? So if you want your wife to respect you as the head of the house, you better take your place as the spiritual leader of the house. Correct? Right? Therefore, as, as you started doing that, you're going to see your wife respecting you as the spiritual leader of the house, at the head of the house. But you need to take that responsibility. Now, next verse says, verse 19, Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. And the definition of love is sacrificial love, agape love. And again, the example to follow is Christ. And the church, and we read in the next uh, verse that in the same manner, a husband loved your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. So again, so we're going to follow the example of Christ. We need to love our wives as husbands as Christ loved the church. He gave his life for her. And don't be harsh with them. You know, appreciate what the wives do. And show them that we love them. You know, it is good for the ears of the wives, you know, husbands. 
to hear you're beautiful. I love you. I love you. And repeat it over and over. Your wives need to hear that. Often. Okay? <laughs> not, not all once a month, you know. No, no every day. <laughs> and as you show love to your wives, guess what's going to happen? Your wives are going to respect you. Your wives are going to honor you as the spiritual leader of the home. It's like a little circle. Love and respect. You show love and they will show respect. Believe me. Right? Okay, let's go to the next verse. It says, children, obey your parents in everything for it is pleasing to the Lord. And here we're talking about young adults are here. Children, kids. Yes, you are called to obey your parents. Oh, but why do I have to do all, all those things that my parents say that I should do? They don't know better. They do better. They've been there where you have been right now. You know, I was watching a movie yesterday, and this kid tried to take some shortcuts to become a millionaire, and he said, you're not doing the right thing. Oh, no, 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 I'm going to be rich, you know. I'm going to take some shortcuts. Nobody's going to notice, you know. Everything blew up, and everybody noticed. And at the end of the movie, the kid said to his father, Dad, you were right all along. You were right all along, you know. There's no shortcuts. We should always do the right thing. Furthermore, kids, there's a promise. You know that? That you're obedient to your parents. There's a promise. Let's go to the next slide. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. For this is right. Honor your father and mother. This first commandment with a promise. We're going to put the promise. But the promise is. You will have a long life and you will do well in life. Do you want that to happen in your life? Be obedient to your parents. <laughs> okay. All right. But the other side of the coin, fathers, do not provoke your children. Let they be discouraged. So we try to discipline our children and it's okay. But don't go so beyond that they're going to be discouraged. You have to do it wisely. With love, instruct your children in the Lord. If you want to change their behavior and they don't know why you're trying to change their behavior, then they're going to get discouraged. Better you tell them where you're coming from, from the Lord. Then they will understand. Now let's go to verse 22. 22. Bond servants obey in everything those who are as your earthly masters. Not by the way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Now, let's get some context. Back in those days, it was common to have slaves. But those slaves were very different from the slaves we had in America. In fact, some of those slaves, do you know that they were educated people? Lawyers and doctors, why did the first thing they were slaves? Well, they didn't have money to pay their debts, so they, become, they became slaves. That was the reason behind. You think about it, we're still being slaves. 
We're paying the mortgage. <laughs> we're paying the credit card, right? So we're working long hours so we can pay our debts. But now you can make this equivalent to our relationship with our employer and employee. So in essence, you can say employees obey in everything those who are your employers, right? So be there on time, right? Work your hours. Be honest in what you do. That's what he's saying. Now, and then on verse 23, there's a change on the tone of what the apostle Paul is saying right here. Look what it says. And this is where the central point comes from. It says, whatever you do, do it. As for the Lord, not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive an inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. So what is this saying? Everything you do in your relationship with your spouse, in your relationship with your children, in your relationship at work, do it as if you were doing for the Lord himself. As if you were working for the Lord. So he can be increased. He can be exalted. And people will know you are a follower of Christ. Not because, oh, because you tell them you're a follower of Christ. Because you show it with your actions. People will see that you are a follower of Christ. Because of the love of one another. Because you are exalting the name of Christ. That's what he's saying. And the question is, are we exalting the name of Christ in everything we do? Are we increasing his name in our relationship with our spouses, with our children, and at work? If not, what do we need to do? Now, it also says, do you notice? There is a reward. There is a reward. We are saved by faith, by faith alone. But our actions, our works... An outcome in heaven, eternal rewards. Let's go to the next slide. It says, if the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. In other words, our works are going to be tested. That's what it's saying. We're not going to lose our salvation. That's what it's saying too. But if you're not doing things out of love, with sincerity of heart, then those works are going to be burned. You're not going to receive reward. That's what it's saying. But if you're doing as if for the Lord, then you will be rewarded in heaven. That's what it says. Now, but let's see the opposite though. What's going to happen for those who are not believers? Because what we're saying here is that the believer and the unbeliever are going to be judged. But as the outcome is very different from the unbeliever. Verse 25 says, for the wrongdoer will be paid back for the wrong he has done and there is no 
impartiality. In other words, because you have put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, for starters, it's eternal separation from God. The wages of sin is death, separation from God. But what he's saying here, there's grace of punishment in your doing wrongdoings. That's what it says. All right, let's go. And then the apostle returns back to the relationships again, to the message of the relationships. Colossians chapter 4, verse 1 says, Masters, treat your bond sermons justly and fairly, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. So again, if we're talking about relationships with uh, employer, employee, you say employers treat your employees justly. That's what it's saying. So you're saying you're going to pay them such day? Pay them such day. Either working extra hours, pay them extra hours. Be just and fair. That's what it's saying. Well, so we talk about today that we are Christ's ambassadors. That in everything we do, we should reflect the character of Christ. We also talk about there is an outcome in heaven if we do good works. We're not talking about salvation again. That's by faith alone. But we can be rewarded because of our good works. But also talk about there's a repercussion for those who have not put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus Christ was the, a faithful example of being a good ambassador when he was here on earth. You know, the Bible says that he was willing to give up some of his divine characters. Uh, he was still God in the flesh. But he suffered like you and I. He thirsted like you and I. He was give, willing to give up some of his privileges. He did it all because of love. To be obedient to the Father. To be a good representative of the Father. In fact, we read in the Bible that when you saw Jesus, you saw the Father. Because he radiated his glory. We read in the Bible that also... Jesus will not do anything on his own. He will only do whatever the Father will do. He was a good representative of God the Father on earth. But then Jesus, we know the story, he returned to heaven. And now we have become his ambassadors, his representatives. And the question is, if he will return today, what he will say? Well done, faithful servant. Or you're not doing your job. You're not being a good representative. You're still showing your old nature. You know, remember, before becoming... To Christ, <sighs> how stubborn I was. 
I have friends that show me the gospel many times. And I was reluctant to trust Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I was living the good life in my mind. But finally realize, finally realize that I was lost. That I needed a Savior. That if Jesus had returned to judge me in that moment, I was in not, in, not good, in not good terms at all. I would have been eternally separated from him. And there was no excuse for me. You cannot say, God, oh, I didn't know. I didn't know that I had to trust Jesus as Lord and Savior. There is no excuse. If you heard the gospel, like today, there is no excuse. That he is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes through the Father except through him. So what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for to say, yes, Jesus? I'm sorry. I sinned against you. I hurt many people. And I deserve the punishment. Come and save me. Fill me with your holy presence and make me new. Take me by the hand. That's what God is waiting for you. To repent and trust Him as Lord and Savior. But if you are a follower of Christ, this is what God expects of you. To be a good ambassador, to shine, to show others that Christ lives in your heart. That you are a new creation, that you have a forgiven heart. That, that resentment, the hatefulness is left behind because you are new. And it's a new creation. You should reflect his character. In your relationships at home, you're not doing so. Also, what are you waiting for? Friend, that old nature doesn't go with you anymore. He's being crucified with Christ. You are new. If you are new, what are you waiting to show that new character? And if you do, God promises that you will be rewarded in eternity. Amen. Let us pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father. For the precious gift of salvation. Thank you for making us new. Thank you for taking our old self and giving us a new self in Christ. We are a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. We are new. We need your help. To show in our daily walk that we are your followers. That we are Christ believers. That we reflect your character, your love, your compassion, your grace.
your forgiveness so others can see you live in us and will be attracted to you and also would like to trust you as Lord and Savior. We praise you and give you glory in the name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen.